listener production. A lot of people just have this fear around finances. The minute you put a spreadsheet in front of them, the minute you start talking to them about P&Ls, there's this shut off. And starting from the story of what's happening is how a lot of that demystifying occurs, regardless of their role within corporate life or whether in startup entrepreneurial life, you really need to understand the finances in order to be successful. I'm Margie Hartley, executive coach to senior leaders around the globe And this is Fast Track. (laughs) Finance and the way it's managed is a constant challenge for those working in business. Finance touches everything in business. It touches sales, marketing, human resources, research and development, production, procurement, and so much more. So why does it feel like a mystery for so many of us who aren't CFOs? And why do we feel anxious about the intricacies of finance? Why is it so mysterious? And how can we demystify it? To find out the answers, I've invited Michelle Cavello, Managing Director and CFO of Lantern Partners. Lantern Partners propels fast-growing businesses to success. And Michelle is a chartered accountant and she launched her career at PricewaterhouseCoopers in the UK. Since then, she's taken on major financial, commercial and directorship roles in a breadth of businesses from major corporates to companies experiencing rapid growth. Her expertise lies in helping businesses understand and harness their financials. And Michelle, I can highly recommend you and your skills. Thanks for coming on Fast Track today. Thank you, Margie. So, Why are you so passionate about demystifying finance as opposed to making it a mystery and so you get more clients? (laughs) It actually comes from quite a personal space. My mum was a chartered accountant as well and um, she was raised by a single mum who had four children. Her husband actually passed away when um, she was pregnant with her fourth child. And so finance being a mystery just wasn't an option for her and her family and her her mum. So she had always grown up with that thought of kind of having to know where the money was coming in and more importantly, where it was going. But as she she got older and um, saw friends of hers in, in relationships and unable to leave relationships that they maybe should have left because they were scared of the finances. They'd never managed the finances. They didn't have visibility of them. And that fear kind of kept them stuck. And my mum was always adamant that that was never going to happen to to her two daughters. I've got a sister. And that not wanting people to be stuck is why I'm so passionate about it. And I, you know, with businesses today, that getting them unstuck is why I'm so passionate about it. That's a fantastic story. So how do you actually help businesses demystify their finances? Well, what I really try and do is really get behind the numbers for the business owners. I work with a lot of founder CEOs and what I really try and do is really understand their business by using the numbers to tell the story of their business whether that is, you know, what really is making their business tick, what's making them successful. If they've got different product lines or service lines, then, you know, the profitability and the success of those individual streams, which they may not have looked at before. And when you try and look at everything in in one big mass, it, it gets very hard to see 
the wood for the trees. So that's primarily what I help them do and really kind of scenario test with them, help take the fear out of making decisions, help them assess the risk of the various different scenarios that they might be considering. And, you know, this applies so much more broadly um, than to, to just business owners. I think anybody, regardless of their role within corporate life or whether in startup entrepreneurial life, you really need to understand the finances in order to be successful within your role and within your business. I mean, when you're working within, a, you know, corporate life and you're trying to get that new hire, or you're trying to get a particular investment case done, you've really got to understand what makes the business tick, where your KPIs are, what's going to make it successful so that you can really get the outcomes that you want for your business and and for you personally. Mm. And there's also this idea of demystifying sort of finance in the workplace as well because sometimes it can just be that's the domain of the CFO Mm. and, you know, until you get a P&L role, you don't really understand how the money is flowing or anything Mm. else like that. I have so many clients who say, oh, I have to understand more about the finances Mm -hmm. and how it all works. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I was working in in corporate life before I started Lantern Partners, specifically what I did within my role in finance was business partnering. So working with non-finance managers who sometimes, you know, as you said, had never managed a P&L. They may have worked within, you know, I I worked within um, television and, and digital for years they may have been very, very comfortable and successful with the creative aspects, with managing the TV productions and, you know, really being successful at that part of the business. But as you progress and become more senior within your your roles, within your business, I think it's very difficult to say, oh, no, finance isn't something I do within my role. Mm. And so to really understand kind of what's going to make your business and your role successful is what I helped people within the business do. And really, it's the same kind of process that as I use with businesses today is really kind of sitting down with them, helping them understand the stories that their their finances are telling them. And I think that's the important thing. I think that um, a lot of people just have this this fear around finances. The minute you put a spreadsheet in front of them, the minute you start talking to them about P&Ls, there's this shut off. And starting from the story of what's happening is is how a lot of, for me, a lot of that demystifying occurs Mm. with people. So when we talk about demystifying, what happens when you get that clarity? What's the impact when you get clarity over the finances and the story that it's telling? I think you've got the freedom to make decisions. It's very difficult to make decisions without some kind of data and some kind of financial data behind it, particularly if you're trying to influence a decision internally or have enough confidence to make a business decision, an investment decision, because the business owners that I work with, they're having to make risky decisions every day. There is no no such thing as a risk-free decision. And if there is, it probably isn't going to be something that's really going to propel your growth. But getting comfortable with what are the pros and cons and the the risks and the scenarios lets you move forward. And that's what um, I really love helping businesses do is move forward with confidence and, and clarity. And 
with a lot of the business owners as well. I've been very lucky to work with with business owners who are not only invested in their business, but very, very invested in their employees. And when you start running a business and start having payroll and you start being responsible for people's mortgages and people's rent and, you know, the decisions they make within their personal life, it can be quite a scary thing to make an investment decision that might potentially impact on your employees. I remember talking to, to one client just after he sold his business and he was by any measure, an incredibly successful businessman. I mean, he's, he'd sold his business pretty much on the dot of his five-year plan. Um, and this is not someone who you would think was particularly kind of risk-averse or got nervous about things. And I remember the Christmas after he sold, which was a few months after he sold, and um, he was talking to me in the office and he said, do you know what, this is the first Christmas that I'm not going to be up at night worrying about how we're going to make payroll. And just being able to give people that confidence back. Um, we talk a lot about helping businesses and business owners sleep at night. And it is just that comfort. And, you know, that's business and personal as well. There's nothing more anxiety inducing than not knowing how you're actually going to step forward. And it's that feeling, that comfort, that security of knowing I can actually make a move. That's what it really gives you. It's easy to be spiritual when you've got a few bob in the bank. <laughs> yeah. But it is, though. It gives you that freedom, right? Mm, I think that's so true. It's really interesting. When we talk about demystifying, I also think about avoidance. You know, you mm. said people go blank when they look at that spreadsheet and they're, yeah. they're thinking, I don't understand enough, I don't know enough. And it's really, in my experience with you, is really about this idea of making it real and clear and not talking in language that alienates people. And, and I love this idea of telling the stories. So mm. what can you do in terms of demystifying the idea of finances? Mm, I, yeah, it's really interesting, actually. And I think you touched on it just there um, in terms of just that kind of freeze and shut down. A lot of it is around mindset and how you talk to yourself about your skill set in that area. And you know that that good old phrase, eat the frog. Mm. I've no idea why that is actually the phrase, but you know, doing the thing that is unpleasant, just doing that thing you're scared of, it is a learned skill. It's not something you're innately born with, for most of us anyway. It's it's a muscle you've got to exercise. And I think changing the way you talk to yourself about your skill set with finance and, um, you know, I'm no good with numbers is is something I hear a lot of the time. And it, it's just that, that, old chestnut. If you, if you keep telling yourself you're no good at numbers, you won't be. And so I think managing that self-talk and doing the hard things is is most of the work around that. And also, you know, we, we've all got that friend who who is good at finance. Talk to them. Mm. Talk to them in a, a casual context about how they actually manage their finances, approach their finances. I think a lot of the mystery around finance is that we don't always talk about it that much. And that's something that I also try and do more of. It shouldn't be a topic that that we're scared of talking about or is boring because it informs every part of our life. I have noticed recently that there's a couple of really 
strong podcasts and books yes. that have yes. changed the course of the way people speak and handle their finances. Mm. I wish The Barefoot Investor had been around as a book for me as a young person as my daughters are reading that. Mm. I know they have a different view on finance than I did when I was growing up. But what would you recommend as a book or a podcast for apart from this one, (laughs) people to start to investigate this, not just education, but demystifying what Mm. finance they need to know. Yeah, uh, look, Barefoot Investor is a great one. But in terms of um, books and podcasts, um, Melissa Brown also does a great, uh, I think she has a course as well, but called Financial Adulting. And so it's just that concept of breaking things down into really easy to understand bites and just starting to to make those those small moves to demystify it for yourself. Mm, fantastic. So that that's one that I'd really recommend. Yeah, but do something, right? So I think do that's something. the call to action. Just start. Is don't sit there in the dark. What more do you think can be done, Michelle, and earlier to increase the levels of financial literacy for us as a population? Mm. I think a lot of it is around language and how we talk about it. I would love to think we we had left some of these kind of gender biases behind in the classrooms today, but I still think it does exist uh, within, within school environments, within educational environments where you know, the boys are more comfortable talking about maths and finance than than the girls are. And I think telling people and helping their their self-talk by actually giving them the confidence and breaking down mathematical concepts. For example, I've got a daughter that's eight years old, so she's in year two at the moment. Last year, uh, she had a teacher at school who treated the boys in a slightly different way when it came to maths and maths literacy. This year, she's got an amazing teacher who um, geeks out on maths in in the most beautiful way. And when I um, spoke to him when she first started in year two and said, oh, her confidence around maths isn't so great for, for a few different reasons, he practically jumped up and down and was saying, well, that's not going to happen this year. I've got such exciting things to teach the kids and such fun ways that we're going to learn. Um, and I think just that attitude towards learning about finance at a young age is a game changer. Mm. I think that um, we can talk about it more as as a group. I think there are a few businesses now who are getting a lot more transparent about salaries um, in the workplace, for example, which I think is a really great thing. And also some, some of the bigger businesses are actually doing financial literacy in work as well as in schools. You know, they're, they're getting superannuation funds to come in and explain what you actually need to have in your superannuation fund to, re- to retire. I think those really practical examples and really practical ways of breaking it down and kind of showing how it actually really matters to you in your life. Sitting there in the dark is so destructive. Um, And so I think just, you know, we talk a lot about shining the light on on finances. I think it is just giving it that light um, and exposing it to the air it is really, really important. And I'd love to see some, I, I know they do it in schools, but some more proactive education in schools around practical financial literacy. Stats is really important. I get that. But, um, but you know, how to, how to balance your books, what superannuation is, you know, what compound interest is when you, when you start saving, what the share market does, all of those things. The earlier 
you start learning about them and the more comfortable you get in talking about them, the less mysterious it becomes. Um, and I think all of those things are really good ways of tackling the subject early because the the earlier we can do it, the better. Yeah. It is never too late. It is never too late. I, I remember saying to a client, just read the AFR every day and build your knowledge about some of these business terms because they were entering business from a non-business background. Mm. And I had another client who was amazing. He went into banking for the first time and he sought out five or six different people to educate him on the terminology and the way things worked. Mm. And people said nobody ever asks us those questions. Mm. Nobody actually mm. asked the basic questions and here it is. And he came back to me and he said, it's actually much simpler than I imagined it would be. Mm. So uncomplicated language, listening to people, reading podcasts, books, actually checking in on your mindset and making sure that you've got an open mind but you can't be ignorant about what it is that, money makes the world go. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, And don't be afraid of asking the quote unquote dumb questions because they they rarely are. And I think there's there's a fear in asking questions when you think everybody else knows the answer. And I can guarantee you that that is not the case. So um, just let go of that fear of just asking the questions. It will be illuminating. Thank you so much for your time today on Fast Track, Michelle. I really enjoyed chatting to you. Thank you. Thank you, Margie. It's been great chatting. Fast Track was presented by me, Margie Hartley. Producer, Tina Matalov. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. Listener.